As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, Civilized Barking, Zach Jackson here, divisional round of the playoffs. Yes, it's January 14th and we're not talking about a coaching search, we're not talking about hiring coordinators or a general manager or searching for a quarterback. We're talking about the Cleveland Browns getting ready to play their 18th game of the year. We're talking about the Cleveland Browns at the high point of the new era. And yes, the bar is low. They've won 12 games. They ended the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. They just ended their season. Let's not get too far ahead. Uh, But that was complete and total domination. We know the Steelers face difficult decisions, um, some financial issues, and father time. And if they thought tackling Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb was tough, well, father time is undefeated. Um, It's on to Kansas City. And, you know, the Browns have earned the right to sit here and say they can beat anybody. They score, they show up prepared, right? The offense is varied. The offensive line is great. The running back's great. The quarterback playing at an extremely high level. Um, First of all, if you turn somebody over four or five times, you're going to win. But um, sometimes in in sports, in pro sports specifically, you get in a tournament and the hot team wins. So nobody's ruling the Browns out. That being said, the Chiefs are the Super Bowl champs. The Chiefs are damn good. They got Patrick Mahomes. They throw deep to Tyreek Hill. You start to take that away, they throw to Travis Kelsey. Uh, Mahomes can make any throw from any arm angle at any time. He can extend plays with his feet. He throws sidearm. He throws backhand. He pump fakes. He lets it rip. Um, Andy Reid is one of the great play callers and great coaches. Um, So what do you do? You hope they're rusty which considering it's been three weeks since a lot of the regulars played, maybe they are. Uh, They were certainly not dominant. They have not won a game by more than a touchdown since the Jets on November 1st. They don't run the ball real well. Um, Their starters played 15 games, guys. They were 14-1. They lost in week five. They won otherwise. Um, Super Bowl hangover didn't exist. And, And I know it's been a strange year uh, on a lot of fronts, and you can include the Browns winning 12 games. (laughs) 
in on that, but they still got really good players. Um, defense seems susceptible. You know, the run defense specifically, the 31st DVOA run defense. Um, you know, the fact is this, they play high-scoring games because of how they're built. The offense is built stronger than the defense. They have some guys. Chris Jones comes to mind. Tyron Matthew um, in the back. You know, they give up yards and points. They're not out of the game. Last year in the divisional playoffs, they trailed 24 to nothing. Um, they won 51 to 31. They scored so many points that the stadium ran out of fireworks. That's a true story. Um, you know, this year they're averaging 30 points a game. They're averaging 6.3 yards a play. All of those things. Everybody knows about the Chiefs. They're on TV all the time. Um, the Browns go back there next year. It'll probably be on TV, um, you know, Sunday or Monday night, especially if this game is played in the 60s or 70s like it ought to be. And, gosh, you know, the total opened at 54. I saw 57 yesterday. It sure seems like an over. Uh, what do the Browns got to do to win? Well, they got to score. Time of possession, nice. Yes, turnover battle, probably mandatory. But it's not like you can sit on it, right? You got to score. A winning score for the Browns is 40 points. Can you win 41-38, 42-35? I think you have to. Um, you know, going back to the last four Browns games against playoff teams, the Ravens, the Titans, and the two Steelers games, you know, the Browns are averaging 40 points a game. They're giving up 35. They're giving up 400-some yards, and the Chiefs get 400 in their sleep. Matter of fact, they got it six games in a row. Um, starting in mid-November or late November, and a streak that technically ended when they only got 395. So we'll see. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, my counterpart in Kansas City who's covered the Chiefs for a long time, his name is Nate Taylor. We're going to bring him in. We're going to get some insight on the Chiefs, break down you know, what, what their worries are. Have they been flat? Will they flip the switch? What do we expect to see? Um, you know, just kind of talk about the game. Before we get there, though, I just, you know, kind of wanted to spitball – and I just want to say I'm happy for you guys, obviously, um, you know, that have waited. Specifically, obviously, those those of you who have listened and who have read and who have interacted. Um, it's been a magical season, and the only thing that's been missing has been that the fans can be there. And, you know, I'm happy for the fans, um, for the season ticket holders, for the diehards, for the tweeters. You know, I'm happy for Jim Donovan, <laughs> uh, an all-time good guy, along with Doug Deacon. Um, they've called a lot of bad games, you know. Um, just just happy for the city. And this is a likable team. This is a fun team. The offensive line, coach with brains, an organization that seems to be put together. The Browns just haven't had those things. Um, the other day I wrote a story about Michael Dunn, the unlikely hero, guy that played in the XFL a year ago. Um, and was filled in last week. He, he got hurt, but he filled in admirably for Joel Batonio. Um, frankly, you know, from a journalism dork standpoint, those are the stories we just haven't been able to write here that all my counterparts across the league have been able to write about the unlikely hero who comes in and, and plays in a big game and comes out of nowhere and, and does well and performs and earns the praise of his teammates and his coaches because it's just been – there haven't been many heroes, right? There haven't been many huge wins. That was huge, and the Browns earned it. So, again, on one hand, you give them every chance in the world, and you have the good vibes and you have the momentum, whatever you believe in that, and I do. Um, on the other hand, Ben Roethlisberger couldn't be bothered, guys, to pick up a fumble on the first play of the game. The Steelers wanted put out of their misery. The Browns did it. So um, that's a huge landmark win. What's left to accomplish? Well, when you're here, you got a shot. Can you keep up with the Chiefs? 
I think so. Can you keep up with the Chiefs for four quarters? I don't know. We'll find out Sunday. I uh, got a message last night from, from a fan who said <laughs> he had listened to the podcast three times, the after-game podcast that Jason and I did. So shout to him and to all of you guys. Enjoy it. 3 o'clock Sunday. It'll be fun. It'll be wild. Last week's game was quick or um, for a while, and then it it um, you know went long. Um, this one will go long again. <laughs> I, like I said, I, I really think um, that the Browns will score 30 points. I still think they might lose by double digits. So, going to be a shootout. I don't know why I said last game, last week's game was quick. I was confusing it with week 17. I'm not used to this playoff stuff, guys. Bear with me. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. Subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't. Subscribe to the podcast. Download, share, leave review. All of that stuff. Uh, we'll be back with another one Sunday night slash Monday morning. And we'll see where it goes from there. Let's dial in Nate Taylor from Kansas City. All right, Nate is on the line now. Uh, Nate, the Browns, hot team, um, dangerous team. Last week won a playoff game with their head coach at home watching with Joel Batonio and Denzel Ward, two of their best players uh, on the COVID list. The Chiefs been watching Netflix for a couple weeks. So <laughs> gut, gut reaction to, uh, to how it starts on Sunday. It's – I, I'm one. I'm just. I'm. I'm really happy for Cleveland Browns fans. I am wildly impressed with Stefanski and his coaching staff. Um, Baker Mayfield didn't really make any mistakes in the wild card in the wild card game. Like I, I, I really like this matchup because it has so much potential, Zach, for a shootout. Um, I like playoff games that have a lot of back and forth nature to them, um, and so I feel like this is something where, you know. We hope to have an exciting game for four quarters. Uh, the Chiefs have been watching Netflix. Um, they've also been trying their best to get ready for an opponent that they really didn't know really up until, again, late Sunday night last week. Um, and they haven't played the Browns in in, in two years, essentially. So right. a lot of the characters are somewhat similar, but there's obviously some change involved. Um, I think the Chiefs have worked all year for this moment, and the playoffs were – pretty much a formality and that's interesting for me too given how hard and how much work the Browns have done to get to this point yeah so nine guys from the Browns started that game two years ago um two years and two months ago so completely different schemes different staff yep. only nine nine players who will be in the starting lineup this week and that's assuming everybody um you know gets back and, and gets healthy which we can't assume anything the Browns are going to score Nate um there's no doubt in my mind but can they hold the Chiefs under a reasonable number? That is, I mean, I've always said for about a year now, all the things that it takes to sort of make the Chiefs uncomfortable. And that's not even like whether you win or not, just making the Chiefs offense uncomfortable. I feel like the baseline, and I've said this from about October on, is whoever the Chiefs face in the playoffs, that opponent needs to score 31 points. So for the Browns, the baseline is, I believe, 31 points based on what Mahomes' history is in the playoffs, how creative Andy Reid is, and the fact that the Chiefs hold plays back for the postseason. Like, they have pretty much said that the last couple of years, that they will run things in the Super Bowl or against a team that they have not faced before where they will put something, obviously, on tape and then obviously go against that 
or put something completely new that you can't necessarily prepare for. So in terms of what the Chiefs present and having the fastest player in the league in Tyreek Hill, having the best tight end in Travis Kelsey, um, one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in, in Patrick Mahomes, depending on um, what you prefer, it's going to cause, I think, the Browns to still have to be true to themselves in terms of just how talented Kareem Hunt is, how wildly successful Nick Chubb is, particularly running between the tackles. But I think a lot of this comes out to efficiency in the red zone on third down for Baker Mayfield. And if I'm Kevin Stefanski, I'm, I'm telling him, Zach, just that there's no tomorrow. Just be ultra aggressive at certain points, whether that's fourth and short, whether that's a fake punt, um, do things unconventionally that force the Chiefs to be a little bit uncomfortable, but could also be a rallying point for your group to see if they can raise their level, given that they're obviously going against the defending champions. Um, they're going to need to play uh, really well. The Chiefs could have a little bit of a rust because of their of their rest. Last year, they were down 24 nothing to the Houston Texans. The problem is how long can you withstand the Chiefs before they have this sort of Warriors-like run where they score touchdowns in a series of possessions over and over again. So um, I'm really fascinated by what the offensive game plan is for the Browns because you're going to learn, I think, in the first two series just where they want to attack, whether that's in the middle of the field, given the Chiefs aren't great at the linebacker position, and if they are capable of taking an occasional deep shot just to keep Steve Spagnuolo, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, honest, and not putting, you know, eight guys in the box to try to stop the run on first and second down. Yeah, we know those Browns backs are gifted and they drive everything. Uh, and really, in recent weeks, the threat of the run and the actual run have opened things up in the past that hadn't mm-hmm. been. The Chiefs get run on Nate. Everyone knows that. But last year they really tightened uh, in the postseason. They went from giving up 130 to everybody in the regular season to really tightening in the postseason. Every game is different. Every team is different. You know, is the Chiefs' run defense up for the challenge and ready to meet this moment on Sunday? Here's a nice thing for Cleveland Browns fans. This year is different in both regards, I believe. Um, Derrick Henry was on an unprecedented run before the AFC Championship game, and it was only a matter of time statistically before he started to go back to, like, you know, not being a a superhero. So um, the Chiefs got a benefit there. Uh, they got a lead and they were able to sort of squeeze Derrick Henry out of the second half of the game. Um, Last year, the Houston Texans didn't have a great running attack. And so all the Chiefs had to do were be pretty successful or at least competent against the 49ers in the Super Bowl. The difference is the Browns have two running backs, obviously. And that is against what even the 49ers presented in some regards last year. And so I think In that way, the Browns have an advantage because they know they can rely on two running backs and their offensive line, despite the shuffling, has been pretty um, successful group so far to where I think it should give the Browns some confidence that they can have a couple really nice highlights running the football to, to again, keep Baker Mayfield on schedule. Um, The difference for the Chiefs defense this year is Mike Pinnell uh, was signed in the middle of the season. He was a true like low key hero in the middle as a defensive tackle. He has not played as well this year. Uh, Derek Nottie's okay. Um, he was a third round pick. He seems to be someone that, you know, is going to be on the field quite a bit based on the personnel packages. And look, they had Reggie Ragman last year. He was mostly known for his run stuffing ability. He went to free agency to the Detroit lions. 
Um, Willie Gay, who I believe is the Chiefs' best linebacker, he may not play because he had a high ankle sprain in the Week 17 matchup because Andy Reid had to play somebody against the Chargers, and unfortunately he had to play the rookie um, one to get him reps for the postseason, but just unfortunately he had an injury. He did not practice on Wednesday, um, so we'll see where he is on the injury report as we get closer to kickoff. And I, I get the sense that Anthony Hitchens is like a lot of athletes who are coming off the COVID list, and he may not be 100% as well. So the middle of the Chiefs defense could be compromised to some degree or could be you know, a weakness that the Browns exploit. And again, like you mentioned, Zach, as soon as you start having success running the football, those linebackers have to come up. And I'm a little bit concerned about Austin Hooper and who's going to cover him because if you force – Tyron Matthew, the Chiefs' best defensive player to be on him, that could open up some things for uh, Landry in the middle of the field. And obviously, Baker Mayfield has shown uh, an ability to be accurate on those intermediate to deeper routes over the last month or so. That's really impressed me because, like you mentioned, everything is sort of centered around if the defense knows they have to respect the run, it creates a lot of openings, whether it's zone or man coverage, for Mayfield to have these completions that keep the chains moving and are really effective in the red zone. Yeah, and that's kind of who Austin Hooper is. He's not going to run by anybody, Nate, but he's a big target. And mm-hmm. 31 targets in three weeks. Um, so he, yeah, they're, they're getting to him, even when it's not against Kansas City, who seems vulnerable there. The, yeah, the and I would, yeah, I would say feed him <laughs> as much as you can on Sunday. The Chiefs, look, I know he's not Darren Waller, but as you mentioned, the size element does give Chiefs some concerns just because Darren Waller had two really, really good games for the Las Vegas Raiders against the Chiefs. And again, the Chiefs, when they've had their starters on the field, have only lost one time this year, and that was to the Raiders, in part because Josh Jacobs had a really good day, so you had to respect him. Uh, Darren Waller controlled the middle of the field, and that gave Derek Carr opportunities to throw the ball deep and really give the Chiefs some some struggles because you could attack all three levels. And that's what the Browns are going to have to do. Um, and so I, I think I think Hooper is a is a really talented player given his skill set, and it could be to the Browns' benefit against the Chiefs. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, so you mentioned the COVID thing. Um, the Browns brought several guys off the list last week. They kind of eased a couple of them in. Ronnie Harrison, who's been one of their more important defensive players, he was a false positive, but he only played 11 snaps. I think maybe the shoulder's still bothering him. Mm. But, I mean, Nate, when you look at what the Chiefs can do, you know, it's not just the deep ball, right? It's not just one guy. Um, they attack you in different ways. Denzel Ward is a really good player. Like, he didn't make the Pro Bowl, but he's as good as those He's guys, super good, right? yes. Um and it's not like anyone 
runs with Tyreek anyway over four quarters. But you've got to think that right away, given the fact that he's missed two games, given the fact that slot corner Kevin Johnson has missed two games Mm. with COVID, you've got to think that right away, um, specifically in the case of Ward, because teams just don't test him normally. Smart teams don't anyway. You got to think the Browns are, or the Chiefs are going to be willing to try him right away and make him run some deep routes. Yeah, and it's one of the rare things where look, the Chiefs attacked Jalen Ramsey back in the day, so like it's anybody can be had. They feel like on their side. Um, and what I would tell Browns fans is Tyreek Hill is going to have a highlight. Just acknowledge it and move on. The problem occurs when he has two three four highlights like deep passes or he has this short pass that he turns into a large game because somebody misses a tackle and something that I thought the Steelers didn't do last week because it's not really in their playbook much that is in the Chiefs playbook that could cause some issues is they like to run a lot of jet sweep action you know and they could do that with both Nicole Hardman who's the second fastest player on the team and obviously Tyreek Hill. So you don't want a jet sweep to become a 7-yard gain and all of a sudden it becomes a 30-yard gain. Um I think for Denzel Ward um one you just hope to see him out there because again he's really talented and I know some teams in the past have said well it's unfair to ask a cornerback even someone who is as talented as Ward to put him in a one-on-one matchup with just a single high safety. If the Browns do that on Sunday, they will get burned, no matter who the cornerback is, just because what ends up happening is Mahomes recognizes the coverage, and even if he doesn't throw the ball deep to Tyreek Hill, it uses the intermediate field available for Travis Kelsey, who's one of the more shifty, smooth route runners in this league. I would tell the Browns to play too deep high, and hope that Tyreek Hill just has one highlight instead of three or four, because whenever that happens, the Chiefs win about 90% of the time, um, just because Mahomes is so accurate on his deep balls. I know that doesn't get talked about a ton, but when Mahomes knows that the shot is is there, he usually connects in a way um, that most quarterbacks don't. Yeah, our listeners and our readers, Nate, know that I'm not biased. Um, I'm not right all the time. Keep it real. <laughs> I'm not going to favor the Browns, but I would tell you this if you're a Browns fan, like, the Browns can score 30. The Browns can win this game. Mm-hmm. Another thing that can happen is Tyreek Hill could set records in this game. <laughs> I mean, he did he did have 200 receiving yards against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the first quarter uh in November earlier this year. It it, it can happen. Um I would advise them to again. Now here again, here's was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers problem. They dared Mahomes to throw deep um with with a single high safety and and to this day i don't know why they did that um and tyreek hill uh pretty much said that after the game when he had again over 200 receiving yards it's not so much about what the corner does against tyreek hill it's the whole secondary working together to one locate him understand the possible route combinations and then being in the picture is what i like to say you know if the ball's in the air you you know tyreek's faster than you but you hope that your angle your hips your technique is sound so that you can make a play um, if it is a 50-50 ball because Mahomes is obviously not afraid to do that with with heel in the in the area. So um, he could set records, but I do think the Browns are more than capable of, of having this be a really fun game. Um, we just watched the game last week, Zach, where, you know, the Indianapolis Colts kind of outplayed the Buffalo Bills, even though they lost. Um, yeah. And a lot of it, again, I think a lot of it is the Browns, 
can potentially outplay the Chiefs based on rust, based on, you know, timing, based on the idea that they have, you know, a really smart coaching staff and clearly players um, all over the roster who can really give you some positive results. It's what you do on fourth down, in my opinion. It's what you do in the red zone and not having turnovers. Baker Mayfield cannot turn the football over, whether that's a strip sack with Chris Jones and Frank Clark coming off the edge or whether that's giving Tyron Matthew the ability to read his eyes and know where the football is going to go before he releases it. If, if the Browns can do that, I think this is going to be a memorable playoff game. Yeah, I agree. Um, you, you know, why did the Colts lose that game? Because they didn't execute in the red zone. Because yep. they weren't sure what they were doing on third and short and fourth and short, right? Um, yeah, Browns fans, just head your bets. Just play Tyreek Hill on your DraftKings team, right? And then <laughs> get a root for your team. Um, they, they will score, Nate. And I think their mentality has to be, with few exceptions, right? We're not playing against the clock. We're not playing against a situation. Like, we have to get to 40 points, right? So then if we're there in the last eight minutes or five minutes or a minute and a half, obviously that changes. But the Browns from the very first drive have to say to themselves, we have to get to 40 points. I I agree. There is if there is one game that I could point Browns fans to from the regular season from the from the Chiefs perspective, it's honestly the game against the Carolina Panthers. It's my favorite game of the season, Zach. You want to know why? Because the Carolina Panthers went to Arrowhead Stadium and knew they were an underdog, knew they had no shot of winning conventionally, and they threw the whole kitchen sink at the Chiefs. And it was fascinating so just a quick summary of what Matt Rule first time head coach as well did was you know Christian McCaffrey had come back from injury so he was productive um Teddy Bridgewater was efficient 310 yards two touchdowns no interceptions so there's a blueprint for Baker Mayfield it can be done and I just love that Matt Rule was like fake punt onside kick we're gonna go for it on fourth down they were three for three on fourth down conversions and they had a chance to win the game. They had a chance to kick a game-winning field goal. Now, albeit it was a 67-yard attempt as time was expiring, but they were in position to win the game at the end of the game because the Panthers knew the moment they walked in the door what was necessary. And I hope for Cleveland Brown fans, you hope your coaching staff, your players understand the magnitude and the situation of the opponent that they're facing. Clearly, the Chiefs are the defending champions. They should be favored for all the reasons we mentioned earlier. But look, the Chiefs almost lost to the Carolina Panthers. They won 33-31. But if you're a Browns fan, I think you take it if you're in the 30s and you have a chance to win the game on a field goal as time is expiring, whether that's you know to end the regulation or, hint, you know, or send it into overtime because um, the Chiefs are probably going to score 30. But do it the way the Carolina Panthers did, which, again, is my my favorite game of the season, is the Panthers just being like, why would we punt the ball to Patrick Mahomes when we could just go for it on fourth down? Like, there is no tomorrow, Cleveland. Just just go for it in a way that you know you left it all out there instead of trying to be conventional and then, you know, having the same result that so many teams have had this year because the Chiefs are 14-1 and one, um, with Patrick Mahomes at the helm. And I just feel like for Baker Mayfield – you can have a similar performance of Teddy Bridgewater and Kevin Stefanski can do very similar things that Matt Rule did and have perhaps even more success. So two things, Nate, and I think they're linked. Um, Just based on what the Browns have done, they have played cover three, cover four. They will sit their safeties back. So, uh, you know, I want to know 
um, you know, how the Chiefs will attack that. I think I do because we all know who number 87 is. Right? <laughs> um, and then the other thing, I, I know the Chiefs have had some offensive line struggles. The Browns are yes. really good. The Browns are good when they when their defensive line is good. And the Browns need Miles Garrett to have a big game. So, um, you know, just how do the Chiefs attack that? And, and do they expect to have their linemen back this week? I would say the Chiefs will attack, you know, um, deeper coverage with, yes, with with Travis Kelsey. Uh, I think Sammy Watkins is an important element. He did not practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with the calf injury. If he does not go, um, that could create some issues because that could give the Browns, you know, more capabilities to double team Travis Kelsey without feeling that they're compromised completely somewhere else with a capable player like Sammy Watkins. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire should play. Um, he hasn't played since the team won against the Saints uh, back in December. Um, he's dealing with a hip and ankle injury. So the Chiefs may want to test, you know, if they're in light boxes from the Browns perspective, they may want to test that and see where Clyde Edwards-Alaire is in the first quarter in terms of how he is running the football. The offensive line, if the Chiefs will falter, will be the biggest issue. Could there be a turnover? Yes. Could there be a dropped pass or a mistake from a skill position player? Well, of course. I mean, these are one-game sample sizes in the playoffs. But everybody in Kansas City is nervous because Mitchell Schwartz, the Chiefs' best lineman, who Brown fans know very well, he will not play Sunday. He has not played six weeks since, excuse me, since week six because of a back injury that he's been dealing with. Um you know, a lot of this game comes down to Mike Rimmers. I assume, as Mike Rimmers is the backup to Mitchell Schwartz, that Miles Garrett will be in one-on-one matches with him. The Chiefs, I will say this, um, like to dare opponents because they feel like if we have four receivers out, we don't need a tight end chipping. We don't need a running back chipping to help a dominant defensive end. Uh, they got away with it against, you know, Nick Bosa in the Super Bowl. They've gotten away with it a couple times against Joey Bosa, a divisional opponent with the Chargers. So um, Austin Ryder, who Browns fans know, been kind of up and down this year. Uh, Andrew Wiley has been, you know, struggling a bit in the guard position. Kevin, uh, you know, excuse me, Stefan Zwanewski, uh re-signed to the team late. Perhaps he could be in the starting lineup to provide some level of consistency and strength in the middle. But there's a case to be made that maybe the Browns should blitz a hair tick more than they than they want to because the Chiefs offensive line has struggled over the last month with blitzes in terms of even if Mahomes has the right protection, they don't hold up, you know, the way you would like them to for those, you know, two seconds that Mahomes needs to see what's going on with the rest of the defense. And if Miles Garrett does have a true, you know, game record effect on the Chiefs, it'll obviously force them to change their game plan because the Chiefs clearly want to go down the field, but you need, you know, three seconds or more to do that. Um, the Chiefs' offensive line has has holes, and it's up to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to sort of figure out how they can get around them. Our right, last thing, Nate, you mentioned the jet sweeps, um, and you mentioned Edwards Alaire, so like. What is the plan? Because they don't really need to run, right? You need to, <laughs> right? But they don't, and they don't need to. So, like, how do they balance that? And and, and what do you expect to see from that regard on Sunday? Because I, I see Le'Veon Bell as a shell of his former self, right? I, I just do. yeah, um, yeah. And I just see like, yes, you want to run, and yes, you want to attack certain things you've seen on the film all week, but really, then you just give Patrick the ball and let him create. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, interestingly enough, I think there might be times in the middle of the field um, where the Chiefs may be in sort of these run formation looks where it's two tight ends, maybe two wide receivers. The problem is it may be play action, double route for Tyree Kill or double move, and the Browns have to be leery of that. So Clyde Rizalaire, I think, is going to get, you know, roughly if he's, you know, as healthy as the Chiefs hope, he's going to get somewhere between 8 to 12 touches. Um, look for Le'Veon Bell in short yardage situations and particularly at the goal line. He's had slightly more success because he's a little bit of a bigger back than Clyde Rizalaire. Look, the Chiefs pass the ball a lot on first down. Um, and the Browns should be comfortable if the Chiefs actually hand the ball to Edwards Alaire early because they just want to see where he is from a physicality standpoint. I get the sense that the Chiefs always use the run to just keep teams honest, but there are a few times where the Chiefs will recognize something that they've run previously in the game that will give them the edge on the perimeter. And that's where the jet sweeps come into play. That's where the double motion okay, now who's coming in motion, who's going there, some of the tricky sort of gimmicky plays that sort of work because obviously Mahomes is wildly accurate and has, you know, a lot of mobility to him. But there's a time or two, I believe, where the Browns can look at the situation and understand that this is not a conventional running play, but the Chiefs can get away with it because you're so focused on controlling the deep part of the field that all of a sudden somebody is running with you know an offensive lineman in space or there's some double screen going on look they've ran screen plays for Travis Kelsey and those are essentially running plays in the Chiefs playbook so they're going to run in a creative way that's different than most teams but for the Browns a lot of it is rallying to the football and making sure you make the tackle so much of playoff games Zach and we know this really well is it's these matchups you design them all week you've coached your guys and if somebody misses a tackle um it, it could it could be doom. <laughs> so for the Browns, a lot of this is keep things in front of you, make the Chiefs work down the field, have them go 12, 14 play drives and just see if the champs are capable of doing it at a consistent level. And if they're not, you force them to punt, you know, you force them to kick field goals and maybe you make them pay on the other side of the ball by scoring touchdowns instead. So um, the Chiefs will run the ball about 15 to 18 times but about half of those will look differently than what you would see on most NFL teams. All right. You got to pick one here. Um, will they come out flat because they've had the layoff because they know that they'll hit their stride eventually, or will they be pissed off about last year's bad habit of the slow starts? And will, will they just come out and, and be sharp? Yeah. On offense, I can't see them having, another slow start the way they did against the Houston Texans. Um, Mahomes has made it a point this week in every comment that he's had that they're going to be ultra aggressive and that they want to get going sooner rather than later. So I would say the Chiefs offense, I have more confidence in them starting off fast. The Chiefs defense is where it gets a little bit more interesting just because those guys have had the same amount of layoff and defense is obviously reactionary to a large degree. And I'm not sure how... Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, how he wants to attack the Browns offense. So I would say that we could have a shootout from the jump just because I'm not sure what the Chiefs defense will do and how they'll counteract things. And if they'll be ready to go in a way that, you know, the Chiefs offense was the issue last year. This year, it could be the Chiefs defense starting in the first quarter would be my would be my evaluation. Right. Well, it's going to be fun. 
Um, no doubt. 3 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, Arrowhead Stadium. What is it, 16,000 fans, Nate? 16,000 fans. They will try to replicate the sounds of usually 77 to 80,000. Yeah, it's such a special place when it's full. Um, the Browns have been hot starters. Some fancy scripts have been great. They have. Um, you know, and, and I think you know what carries over week to week, not everything, but the quarterback's been locked in. Running backs are fresh, and the line is dominant. So um, I think the Browns are going to score 30. We'll see how many of the Chiefs get. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. Thank you, Nate Taylor, for joining us. This is Civilized Barking. Join us again Sunday night slash Monday morning. Talk to you then.